crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello and welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm Chris Eames and I'll be your host for today's program. It's been a little while since I've done this program and uh, I'm not going to be continuing uh, for today's program on the, tri- the, the 12 Tribes of Israel series that I've been doing. I think I'm nearly halfway through the tribes. I think there's about five programs that we've done so far on the identity of the Tribes of Israel. But for today's program, I'll be talking on uh, something a bit different, uh, still in the realm of biblical archaeology, however. Now, recently there's been, there's been some articles coming out on uh, biblical archaeology and uh, attempting to minimize the, uh, the amount of biblically significant artifacts that have been found or, or how much of the Bible has been corroborated by archaeology. Now, there's... there's a lot of uh, opinion and, and bias in, in a lot of these articles. And some of them, such as from Der Spiegel, who, who recently had a piece published in uh, December of 2019 uh, about biblical archaeology, Haaretz, a little earlier than that, uh, the New York Times, National Geographic. Some of these pieces, you, you would get the sense that, well, hardly anything from the Bible has been corroborated by archaeology, or perhaps you'd get the sense that, well, the, a, a lot of the Bible has been proven false by some of this reporting. So what I want to go through today is some of these claims from, from these publications that have come out, uh, claims by archaeologists, claims by journalists, and putting them to the test. You, you see, on, on the one hand, you've got uh, what the Bible actually says, and then there's what people say the Bible says. And then on the other hand, you've got what archaeology says or shows. And then there's what people say that archaeology says. And then you have those people interviewed for publications. And the public is presented with people saying what people say that, uh, that the Bible says alongside saying what people say that archaeology says and so you sort of get this this really confusing game of of Chinese whispers or Chinese opinions, you could call it, uh, that can turn the Bible and archaeology and biblical archaeology into a bit of a spaghetti of confused stories and, and misinterpretation. So again, for today's program, we're going to look at the claims of some of the critics, some of the major news articles that have been written on biblical archaeology recently uh, and the like, and we're going to examine just how accurate their claims are about what the Bible says and what archaeology reveals. Now, I mentioned the Der Spiegel article that came out last December. Uh, Germany's preeminent magazine, the Spiegel magazine, published a piece entitled King's Prophets Legends, the Historical Truth About the Heroes of the Bible. 
So this article was was pretty typical, pretty typical for a uh, for a for a left wing uh, publication, in that it claimed Israelis are using archaeology as a political tool, as an excuse to seize land from Palestinian Arabs, etc., etc. All all the typical uh, left wing talking points. So I won't get into that on this program. We do have an article coming out addressing this Spiegel editorial. Uh, but what I do want to look into is some of their claims of how little of the biblical account has been proven or just how fake, as they put it, Israel's claims to the land are. So one of the claims made by this article is the following, that there is no extra biblical evidence for any of the people and events reported in the first five books from Genesis to Deuteronomy no pottery shard, no hieroglyph, no ruin can prove that anything really happened in it. This also applies, Spiegel continues, to the following two books, Joshua and Judges. So you have this claim here from Spiegel that there's no extra biblical evidence for any of the people and events in the first five books of the Bible, Genesis to Deuteronomy, as well as Joshua and Judges. So essentially the first seven books of the Bible. Now, this is pretty categorically false. There's a huge amount of extra-biblical evidence for many of the events uh, described in these first seven books, and also evidence for the people mentioned in them. And an example would be uh, I believe it's Numbers 22, the false prophet of Moab. Balaam and his father Beor. Uh, Mention of these two individuals has been discovered uh, on an Iron Age Moabite inscription. So there is evidence of individuals. Let's just say that. uh, Inscriptions refer to the patriarchs Judah, Dan, and Gad, and there's, there's strong inscriptional evidence for the patriarch Jacob, uh, both for his name and recognition as of him as a leading figure in Egypt and Canaan's strong inscriptional evidence for him, to mention some of the individuals. Now, regarding the claim that no evidence of events have been found from Genesis through to Judges, that's just pretty ridiculous. Now, we don't have time to go through everything on this program, but I've counted our articles, uh, biblical archaeology articles that fit into this bracket from Genesis through to Judges, and we've got about 50 articles on our website discussing archaeological evidence relating to the events described in these first seven books of the Bible. Now, this includes proof of the larger events, such as the uh, significant migration and establishment of Semites into Egypt from Canaan at the time of Jacob and Joseph, You have uh, evidence for the accounts of widespread invasion of the promised land around the time of the biblical conquests by the Israelites. You have inscriptions attesting to the establishment of a nation called Israel during the time of the judges, two in particular, two uh, particular inscriptions referencing Israel in the land during the time of the judges. You've got proof of the pre-patriarchal building campaigns, building programs in the land of Shinar, including the cities of Erech, 
Babylon, Asher, Akkad, Nineveh, Kela, and, and others. You've got evidence of the, the conquests of various cities within Canaan uh, dating to the time period of the of the biblical Israelite invasion uh, destructions, including uh, that of Jericho, with evidence at Jericho proving the walls really did come tumbling down, etc., etc., all the way down to proof of the really small things, smaller things like the fact that Egyptian slaves were fed with leeks and onions. I believe that's referenced uh, around Numbers twenty. Uh, you have parallel laws talking about using a surrogate mother, uh, such as uh, Hagar, uh, laws from Mesopotamia, uh, which is where Abraham was from. You've got uh, clothing proven, kosher laws proven, even biblical sayings have been proven through ancient inscriptions. And all of this relating only to this period of the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, as well as Joshua and Judges. Now, another claim in the Spiegel article was the following, that that camels were not domesticated until the time of David. Ergo, earlier mention of them, must have been faked. Now, the Bible talks about camels in relation to the patriarchs, uh, Abraham and Jacob, uh, uh, perhaps Isaac as well. I, I can't quite remember that off the top of my head. But you've got early references to camels in the Bible. And Spiegel declares that, well, camels were not domesticated until the time of David. So any prior reference to them must have been faked. Now, the answer to this is uh, pretty clear. It's, it's a cherry-picked, uh, pretty ludicrous claim that has been, since been disproven, and it's based on a study that looked only at remains for camels from copper mines in a, a valley, in, in the Arava Valley. Now, in reality, camel domestication has been proven at least centuries before David, for that area, for that region of the Levant, and millennia earlier than David for the wider uh, Mesopotamia region, again, from which Abraham emerged. So the idea that Abraham is associated with camels in that period, and thus that part of the Bible, the really early history, must have been faked because camels weren't domesticated then, is simply not true. Now, another claim from the Spiegel article, they write, The Queen of Sheba story is false because the Sabaean kingdom didn't begin until around 200 years after her purported existence. So the, this is referring to the Queen of Sheba coming and meeting with uh, King Solomon. This would have been around about uh, 1000 BCE, according to the biblical uh, chronology. And they say it's false because the Sabaean kingdom didn't emerge until 200 years later. Now, this is at best misleading. The, the beginning of the Sabaean kingdom is still very much debated. There's one, uh, there's one significant scholar who, who says it, was, uh, it, it began much earlier than David. So the, the jury's still out on when the Sabaean kingdom was established. 
And that's besides the point anyway, because no one knows whether this queen was from the Sabaean kingdom, was from ancient Saba. Now, this, uh, the, the Sabaean kingdom was in the southern Arabian peninsula. Now, there's a significant degree of opinion, uh, perhaps more belief, in fact, that the Queen of Sheba was from Ethiopia or from Egypt. And that's what the famous ancient historian Josephus wrote about. So claiming that the Queen of Sheba story is false because the Sabaean uh, kingdom didn't begin until 200 years later is at best pretty misleading. Now, as with the Spiegel editorial, it's it's the same story with Haaretz. On, uh, uh, this is in 2017, uh, a large feature on Haaretz was published entitled, Is the Bible a True Story? Now, this article weighed the, uh, the archaeological discoveries of the past two decades with an earlier Haaretz article, that, that one published in 1999. So I just want to focus f- for a little bit on that 1999 Haaretz article. From, from a couple of decades ago, this article was entitled, The Bible, No Evidence on the Ground. The Bible, No Evidence on the Ground. And that's a pretty condemning title, you, you, would, you would think, to say the least. So that was 1999. And when you consider the discoveries to that point, you had in 1993, I believe it was, David, King David's existence proven, the house of David. You have uh, proof of Israel as an established state during the time of the judges. You have Sennacherib's campaigns against Hezekiah proven, right down to the exact sums of tribute that Hezekiah paid Sennacherib uh, and Sennacherib's failure to conquer Jerusalem. Uh, you have things proven like Misha, King Misha's uh, rebellion against the Israelites. Uh, you have dozens of biblical individuals proven, dozens of biblical cities unearthed, uh, and cities that showed evidence of biblical events des- as described that happened within them. You, you've got evidence of the 6th century Babylonian destruction, the 7th uh, or 8th century Assyrian destruction, You've got evidence of the 10th century destruction by the Egyptian pharaoh Shishak. All of this evidence, uh, but, but in 1999, all of this evidence to that point, but still in 1999, out comes a Haaretz piece entitled The Bible, No Evidence on the Ground. And so what this 2017 Haaretz piece attempted to do was uh, essentially, see if anything since has been discovered corroborating the biblical count, account in, in the couple of decades since. And the author's summation on the biblical accuracy came pretty early on in that 2017 piece. Quote, Today, 18 years on, armed with cut, cutting-edge dating and molecular technologies, archaeologists increasingly agree with... with the 1999 author, that generally the Bible does not reflect historical truths. Now, of course, the conclusion isn't surprising, especially given the conclusions uh, made in the 1999 piece. Uh, uh, It 
it largely was another sweeping generalization and more so in the face of many more archaeological discoveries. So we've got claims such as these by Haaretz and, and Spiegel, among others. You've got claims like the Bible, no evidence on the ground. Generally, the Bible does not reflect historical truths. No extra-biblical evidence for any of the people and events reported in the first seven books of the Bible. But now I want to compare those allegations with some of our articles on the discoveries that have been made. Now, I did a rough count through all of our Watch Jerusalem archaeology articles. These are articles focusing just on biblically uh, on biblical artifacts, not on uh, uh, additional artifacts or, or other things discovered or, or paleontology or anything of such like. These are biblical artifacts. And we've only been writing these for a little more than three years, I think about th- nearly three and a half years. And thus far, we've written just over 200 articles on biblical archaeology during that time period. So that's about a new piece every five days. For the past three years on new artifacts that have been discovered, new biblically significant artifacts as well as old. Now, I don't think that's too bad going. And I I referenced the earlier material uh, relating to the first seven books of the Bible, Uh, evidence for events and personalities from those first seven books. And the list goes on, even more so, even in more detail for the following several dozens of biblical books. There's, uh, again, we don't have time in this program, but evidence of David and Solomon's building programs, Israel's wars against Syria, Amos's earthquake, the Assyrian conquest of Israel, the Babylonian conquest of Judah, the Babylonian wars against Egypt, the the Jewish diaspora, uh, the the Jewish return to to Jerusalem, Nehemiah's wall. Some 60 biblical individuals have now been proven from the Hebrew Bible. Dozens of cities besides, and accurate representations of what the Bible says happened in them. The same is true with uh, numerous biblical civilizations. So it's pretty, it's pretty inexcusable and deceitful, the uh, reporting, some of this reporting on biblical archaeology, uh, and, and much of this by the same outlets, uh, quite left-wing outlets largely, who attempt to undercut Israel's existence. We've, uh, I believe we've got a new article coming out in the next issue of our Watch Jeru- new Watch Jerusalem magazine uh, on this very subject, on, on, on why these outlets just hate the Bible so much. That, that's, the, that's the sense that you get in, in reading these articles. It's a pretty fair question. Why do they hate the Bible so much? These are news artic- uh, outlets, but more often than not, they get frankly, opinion and bias uh, from these sources is what you get from them, rather than straight-up news. Well, we'll take a break there, and when we come back, we'll highlight another frequent problem that comes up in reporting on biblical archaeology, and that is in misinterpreting what the Bible actually says. Stay with us. This is Watch Jerusalem, 
where history and prophecy come alive. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the program. I'm Chris Eames, and I'm your host for today's program. And today we're looking at biblical archaeology, not so much the discoveries, but how they are reported to the public, or in many cases, misreported. Now, we've gone through some pretty glaring errors and and really biases in uh, some of the more recent examples, such as a, a recent editorial by the German magazine Der Spiegel, and the the Israeli magazine Haaretz, uh, articles such as these that that are really seeking to underemphasize and dismiss Bible-related discoveries, even in in the same cases, uh, in some cases broadly stating that virtually no evidence has been found attesting to biblical accuracy. So if you missed the first half of the program, you can catch up with that on uh, the podcast at watchjerusalem.co.il if you if you are listening to this over the radio. So for this part of the program, though, we'll look at another side of this problem in reporting on biblical discoveries, and that is not knowing what the Bible actually says. So we'll return to the earlier quoted Spiegel piece to lead off. Now, this is a claim from Spiegel. They reference a recent DNA uh, study and and uh, this is the claim that DNA analysis has proved the Bible right about the origin of the Philistines, but it is wrong in continuing to paint them as Israel's enemies because DNA shows that later Philistines mingled with the Israelite population. So this is referencing a 2019 study that showed that actually, yes, the Bible was right to say that the Philistines uh, did immigrate to the to the Holy Land from Southern Europe, but the Bible is wrong to say that they continued to uh, to be uh, in opposition to Israel as Israel's enemies because we can see in the DNA analysis that as time went on they gra- uh, they gradually mingled with the native Israelite population. So the article says, quote, Apparently, the biblical authors drew a distorted picture of the situation that is reminiscent of today's forms of identitarian demarcation. End of quote. Now, the answer to this is pretty clear. They, they completely overlook what the Bible actually says. The scriptural account does match perfectly with the DNA analysis, and not just about where the Philistines come from. Well, why? Because the Bible repeatedly condemns the Israelites for mixing with the Philistines. Uh, you've got the account in Judges 14 uh, onwards in uh, Nehemiah chapter 13. Accounts of the Israelites mixing with the, with the Philistines, mingling with them, having, having children with them. Exactly what the DNA analysis shows. So evidence for the Philistines mixing with the Israelite population is exactly what you would expect if you're familiar with your Bible. Okay, this next claim is from a, from 
another Haaretz article, and this one, this article was entitled, For You Were, in brackets, Not Slaves in Egypt. This claim goes that one problem people run into in trying to prove the Exodus account, uh, this isn't a quote, this is, this is a summary of, of uh, a portion of the text, that one, one problem people run into in trying to prove the Exodus account is that there is no evidence of Yahweh worshipping slaves in Egypt. We don't find any evidence of Yahweh worshipping slaves in Egypt. And okay, they say this is a problem uh, because we should if the Israelites really were in Egypt, right? Wrong. The Bible clearly states that the Israelites weren't free to worship in the land. And beyond that, Exodus 6 verse 3 says, uh, it, it quotes God by saying, quote, by my name Yahweh, was I not known to them? And you can also see uh, Exodus 3 verses 13 to 15 attesting to the same thing. That, okay, we don't find Yahweh worshipping slaves in Egypt. Well, actually, the Bible says, by my name Yahweh was I not known unto them. So this was the whole point of the Exodus, right? To free the Israelites so that they would be able to worship God. So again misinterpretation of the biblical text, the assumption that, okay, well, the Israelites worshipped Yahweh, so if they were slaves in Egypt, we should find Yahweh worshipping slaves. That's not the case at all. And actually, the lack thereof really attests to what the Bible says. Now, this next one is from a Times of Israel article reporting on, on the discovery of what, it, what was called the Ateros inscription altar. Quote, taken alongside the Misha stealer, the Atarus inscriptions provide strong counter evidence against the biblical narrative. So to, to explain what, what this is talking about, these two inscriptions, the Misha stealer and the Atarus inscription, uh, inscriptions, they describe a successful Moabite rebellion against the Israelites led by the Moabite king Misha. Both of them, Misha stealer, Atarus inscriptions, uh, describing a successful Moabite campaign against Israel. But the scriptural account in 2 Kings 13 describes an Israelite victory against Misha and his Moabites. So is, is this then material evidence that the Bible is wrong? That, that's what uh, the Times of Israel article put out there. Was this... Uh, evidence that the Bible had tried to chalk up a victory when it was actually a defeat? Well, the answer to this is, is quite easy too. It's quite to the contrary. The Bible clearly describes King Misha's victory, the victory of King Misha and his Moabites in their successful rebellion against Israel. Second Kings 3 verses 4 to 5 read, uh, quote, And Misha, king of Moab, was a sheepmaster. And rendered unto the king of Israel an hundred thousand lambs, and a hundred thousand rams, and the wool. But it came to pass, when Ahab was dead, that the king of Moab revolted against the king of Israel. End of quote. And it was only after this successful revolt that the Israelites brought together their forces. They uh, joined forces with the Judaites and the Edomites. And they set about on a campaign to punish the Moabites. And the Bible records that they were successful in doing so. So, so this, 
this isn't conflating the two events. The Bible describes two separate events, a successful uh, Moabite campaign to release themselves from Israelite oppression, and then a successful Israelite uh, punitive attack, really, to, to, to bring Moab back under the, uh, their wing. And beyond that, these two inscriptions contain a, a pretty huge amount of additional evidence supporting the biblical account. And so I'll just I'll just mention a few of the the this evidence supporting the biblical account. It's really interesting stuff. Uh, we've got a couple of articles on the Atarus inscription and the Misha Stealer. And and together they mention things like the Israelite town of Ataroth. Uh, they confirm that specifically Gadites. Israelites of the tribe of Gad were living there. They they confirmed the, the name of the Moabite god, Chemosh. They described the Israelite god, uh, Yahweh, the Israelite king, Omri, and the list goes on. Now, continuing, continuing on this thread of uh, claims by, uh, by certain archaeologists, by certain journalists, uh, really, in many cases, erroneous claims or, or misinterpretations of the Bible. You might have heard Brent Nagdegale's program uh, last week, what his Watch Jerusalem podcast, talking about a temple discovery at Tel Motza. Uh, and this was touted by the lead archaeologist as being evidence against the biblical account. And it was reported as such uh, in a similar thread by several media outlets. And as Brent demonstrated, a, a careful reading of the biblical account shows that actually the discoveries corroborate the biblical account. Again, another case of biblical corroboration. So I'd, account, I'd encourage you to listen to that program if you haven't heard it already. So rather than noting and highlighting failings in the biblical text, examples like these that we've gone through highlight a, a pretty embarrassing ignorance of the biblical account in the rush to condemn it as fictional. And some of these articles really do rush to condemn the biblical account as fictional. Objective truth be told a huge swath of biblically significant and, frankly, exciting discoveries are being made every single year, and they remarkably attest to the accuracy of the biblical account. And you can read uh, read those articles on our website, Watch Jerusalem. Continue. We continue to to publish these articles. Um, certainly not discoveries that that are to be hid or covered up, but the things that should be uh, objectively reported on. Sure, there's the extreme of of overemphasizing links with the Bible, and we address that ourselves on the website. But more often than not, uh, you you have quite a clear bias uh, from from many in the left wing that that try to hush up or underemphasize or misinterpret the data. And so what we do on Watch Jerusalem is we pull together these discoveries and fairly objectively analyze them and report on them uh, for our for our viewers. And like we always say, uh, don't don't just believe us, 
prove it for yourself uh, in terms of archaeological articles, in terms of uh, what what we write generally, because a lot of what you read is uh, is quite frankly uh, biased. A lot of what you read out there is biased or, or erroneous, and so we do tell people to prove it for yourself, especially when it comes to to reading the biblical account, to understanding the biblical account and and properly understanding what it says. Don't just take it from Haaretz or or from the times of Israel or even from us. Go and look up the scriptures and 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 read it for yourself. And so do do keep following our articles on Watch Jerusalem. There's a lot of interesting uh, stuff coming out. Uh, some some articles in the back end of the website and and a new magazine for March and April that will be coming out with a lot of new uh, archaeological uh, articles, biblically significant uh, artifacts that have been discovered, and. Uh, so, so that'll be available for our readers and listeners. Again, all of our, our literature that, that is downloadable is free of charge. Our magazine is free to, disc- to subscribe to. So I'd encourage you all to, to keep up with that. Well, that finishes the program for today. And uh, if you've got any questions or comments, please do write to us at Watch Jerusalem at letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. And until next time, take care.